Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Female Founders Network, a podcast brought to you by invoice to go I'm your host, Nat, and I'm joined by my co-host, Sylvie. Hey, everyone. We record our show in the Forbes Street studio in downtown Sydney, Australia, but we bring guests from all over the world. So you'll hear people from the U.S., the United Kingdom, Europe, the Asia Pacific, anywhere that we find women who lead and inspire others. This is a great podcast for women who are navigating business ownership, leadership, or just life. Each episode should connect you with someone else's story, but also leave you with practical tips and advice that you can use in your own life and in your own business. Hi guys, today we're speaking with Nikita Pope. She's an American agency owner and brand strategist from Atlanta, Georgia. She's the chief chick and primary brand strategist at her boutique studio, Branding Chicks. She'll give you tips on brand strategy and building a personal brand. And she'll also give us her thoughts on the importance of diversity as a black female leader in America. We hope you guys enjoy the episode. Hi, Nikita. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? Oh, good. It's so good to hear your voice from that far away. (laughs) I know. Same. (laughs) So we are so excited to talk to you today. Um, Your knowledge, your deep knowledge base on personal branding is, I think, something that our audience could really use and Mm -hmm. benefit from. Mm -hmm. So we just want to start with hearing about your life story. Who are you? Where are you from? How did you become the leader you are today? Oh, wonderful. Um, Well, I grew up in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, I was always interested in the arts in some way. Mm -hmm. I used to doodle all the time. Crayons were my favorite thing in the world. They kind of still are. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And um, I, you know, in junior high school and high school, I just kind of started to pursue that even more and taking advanced, you know, art classes and things like that. And I had so many people that encouraged me to pursue it. Um, So when I um, got ready to graduate from high school, I looked for a way to to be creative as a career. Um, And at the time, I found architecture first. Mm. Um, But shortly after that, I discovered graphic design. And so I decided to be a design major going into college. And I did that for undergrad. Um, And then I moved to Atlanta and went to the what is now Miami Ad School at Portfolio Center. Um, for also for graphic design, which is a portfolio school. And so, you know, since then, that was 20 years ago. Um, since then, I've done a little bit of everything in marketing and advertising. Um, I've been a designer. I've been an art director, creative director. Um, I've worked in uh, advertising agencies and design firms wow. and done contract work and freelance work. Wow. Um, <laughs> and that, but that, in, and, and I don't know if you know very much about the creative careers, but, you know, we're one of the few industries where people expect you to kind of hop around a yep. bit. Yep. Um, okay. <laughs> and so that's one of those things where, you know, you get so much, so many different experiences and work with so many different types of clients, clients in different environments. Um, and I think that makes us all better as creatives. Um, so that's, that's kind of, you know, my trajectory, you know, in terms of my career. And then 
about nine years ago, I started branding chicks. Um, through, through all of those different environments and things, I realized that branding was really like something I fell in love with. Yeah. I love to be able to dive in really deeply with the client and be able to sort of bring all of that strategy that I applied to my work as a designer um, to the bigger parts of the brand, to the messaging and, you know, how you interact with clients and that kind of stuff. And so um, Branding Chicks was born. Um, so she's nine years old. Uh-huh. I think of her as my Happy child. Yes. <laughs> so she's a so she's a girl. <laughs> of course. And you're based of in course. Atlanta, right? So were you always based yes. in Atlanta when you founded the company? Yes, always based in Atlanta. Okay. Um, but, you know, surprisingly, most of my clients are actually outside of the city and the state. So yeah. I work with people all over. Um, Isn't that and beautiful that. that we can do that? Yeah. Not like you can work with anybody anywhere. It's I so know, good. and it, it's it's so fun. It means that, you know, they're not limited and I'm not limited. Yeah. And I get a chance to work with so many amazing women and products and services that are, you know, targeted towards women. So it's yeah. it's super fun work. Um, Did and you always- I'm a professor. Oh, you're a professor as well. I didn't know that. I am. I teach at the Creative Circus here in Atlanta. Oh, beautiful. Um, so we are another portfolio school. Um, I've been doing that for about 12 years. Oh, wow. Did you always want to start your own business? You know, um, if I didn't, there was a point in the middle there. I love your start, you know. (laughs) (laughs) You know, sometimes it just happens. (laughs) It's it's not really a short answer. So, like, uh, there was a point in the middle there where I don't think that was my goal. Mm -hmm. Um, But then I look back, like, a a couple years ago, I found my senior memory book from high school, like, we were graduating. Um, And it said, what do you want to do in the future? And I said I wanted to um, have my own advertising agency. Oh, um, wow. So apparently you I had some it. thoughts. <laughs> right. Apparently well. I had some thoughts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so wait, what year did you graduate high school? Was it 1994. 94. Okay. So mm-hmm. I actually went to graphic design school as well and built my marketing career yeah. from my design degree. Yeah. I, I graduated uh, graphic design school in 2006. And okay, wonderful. Yeah, yeah. And I always, I mean, I did design for a while, but I switched over to, mm-hmm. to marketing and like kind of mm-hmm. applied design thinking to marketing. And I honestly yeah. think it's one of the most brilliant things, you know, oh, yeah. like you, it's, I don't know, it gives, gives you a different perspective. I have a lot of colleagues that started from business school and they just have a much different approach to things than I do. So it's, it's interesting. So link, it's so linked together. It's definitely yeah. linked together. Yeah. Um, and I know, you know, um, we've talked before about like the diversity of of thought, you yes. know, when you get people around a table. And that's a, a prime example. You get people who went to business school and have that sort of perspective. Yep. And then you have a creative who's solving the same problem from a design thinking sort of perspective. Yep. Um, you're going to come up with some really interesting things if you've got them both solving that problem together. Yes, beautiful. I couldn't mm-hmm. agree more. Mm-hmm. So, okay, mm-hmm. so you founded Branding Chicks. So what was your mission when you founded Branding Chicks? What did you want to do? So my mission, my personal mission um, was to 
be able to sort of expand and explore a bit more. Um, at the time, I had been a creative director for a bit for a company. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a great time there and I, I learned a lot, but I, it was just time for me to go. <laughs> mm, gotcha. Um, it time, and time to do something else. And yep. honestly, I'd been looking for another job for a couple years and I just couldn't find anything that was a good fit. And I had always had freelance um, work. So yeah. I always had clients outside of my full-time job. Yep. And, you know, this was just an opportunity. And I'm like, you know, maybe the position I'm looking for isn't there. Maybe I need to create it. And yes, so I love that. That was sort of my thought process. That's awesome. <laughs> oh my God. That's Because so, there's so many women sitting in that seat. They're like, you know what? Mm-hmm. Maybe I've outgrown this position. Maybe I'm not quite fulfilled anymore. Maybe there's something else I want to do I don't get to do. That is an option. Yeah. You can create a new position for yourself. Yeah. You don't have to oh, give what they— especially now. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to take mm-hmm. what they give you. It's Absolutely. It's such brilliant, brilliant times we're living in. So, okay. Absolutely. So did it evolve? So that's what you wanted to do. That was your mission kind of when you started. So how has your mm-hmm. mission purpose evolved? Like, what have you learned over these past nine years? Oh, man, so many things. <laughs> <laughs> um, especially because, you know, outside of the fact that I had a real, um, I had a vision for who I wanted to serve. Like I knew that I, um, that I wanted to help people understand branding in a much better way. Yeah. Like the things that I saw out there sort of put this um, aura of like smoke and mirrors around it. Yeah. Um, and it made it this really complicated thing that, you know, you don't, you don't, you don't understand it. You need somebody else to do it for you kind of thing. Right. Um, and I just... I realized that branding was nothing but relationships. It was all about, you know, try like how do you manage a relationship one on one is very similar to how you manage a relationship from customer to to business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, I just felt like it was so simple to me. And I was like, I've got to explain this to other people. Right. And so that's a big part of my practice. I mean, I, I'm a teacher at heart anyway. Um, and I do that every day, like sort of in tandem with my practice. So uh, education comes into my practice quite a bit. Yes. So, so much of what I do is about teaching people about their brands and how branding works and all that kind of stuff. And because I had freelance clients the whole time that I had full-time jobs, I realized that, well, actually this is, you know, I had to do my own market research, right? So I started to talk to the people that worked with me over and over. And I'm like, why do you keep coming back to me? Um, And, you know, I realized that A, that most of them were women without trying, um, and that B, the thing that they responded to was were the things that I did naturally. That right. sort of teaching and, you know, just, you know, making it a real connection with them and wanting to have a personal interaction with them. Um, that was what they responded to. Um, so that's what I built Branding Chicks around. That is sort of the the pathos of of the business because those were the things that people were already responding to that were so much a part of me that I didn't, I didn't have to try to bring those things in. And that's, you know, that's important for your culture Mm -hmm. to feel authentic. Then it has to be sort of aligned. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And if I'm going to do it, if I'm going to, you know, work this hard to make it work, then it needs to be something that, you know, that speaks to me, that resonates with me um, and that I can have fun with. Yeah. You're naturally a very empowering person. You're very like, you know, this is like our second conversation, but (laughs) (laughs) I remember after the first one, I was like, oh, 
I want to hang out with her every day. I feel like I could I'm go like, tackle the world. Everybody can yeah. do it. You can do it. Yeah. yeah. So play to your strengths. I mean, that's a great. That's a great tip. Mm. For sure. One thing that I've noticed with um, some business owners and a lot of people is they don't always understand the value of graphic design or of brand. Mm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they kind of, I've seen a lot of times in like Facebook groups, people want to find some uh, something as cheap as possible just to like ship it out the door. Um, yeah. when they're looking for like a logo design or something like that. What mm-hmm. would you say for for the definition of a brand? Because I feel mm-hmm. like it's quite a hard thing to define sometimes. Like, but what? how do you define what branding is mm-hmm. and why is that important for a business? That's a great question. Um, I define branding as the culmination of every single touch point you have with your audience. Mm. So it's not just the visuals. Um, it's just your visual identity, your your color palette, your logo, your fonts, all that stuff is mm-hmm. part of it. But also your messaging and, you know, having some strategy behind it and knowing what the demographics and psychographics of your audience are, um, the vehicles you choose to use to mm. communicate with them, um, the how you market, how you advertise what the culture of the business is, you know, how does everything from high level CEO strategy all the way down to the minutia of how does your receptionist at the front desk answer the phone? Mm. That is all branding, right? Yeah. Um, And so when you look at it that way, you understand just how many things it touches and you understand just how much impact it has on your business and and how people make decisions about whether to work with you, whether to buy your product. Um, They need to see themselves in your brand. And that's going to come from the whole ecosystem of that brand, not just one piece of it. Mm -hmm. Completely. It's not just a logo. Yeah, no, not at all. The logo should inspire all the feelings and all of the kind of expectations that you have just described. Oh, for sure. And it's all related, you know, and it starts with strategy, you know, um, who are we talking to? How are we going to talk to them? What is our language going to be? Even those things impact the visual identity. So if I know that your brand voice is playful and educational and, you know, whatever other descriptors, then that's going to that's going to have some impact on what your logo looks like and what your color palette is, because there's psychology of color that goes along with that. Mm -hmm. Like it kind of touches everything. So, even when I work with a client and I do a logo for them, it doesn't start with the visuals. It starts with strategy always uh, because that impacts every single other piece of the brand. Um, so that's why when you see people who are, um, you know, designing something in a vacuum, mm-hmm. you know, I always cringe about that because that's how it feels to me. And it's like, well, yeah, you love this lovely piece of art, but, you know, what we do isn't just about creating something that's beautiful. It's about creating something that works and that achieves an objective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't know what those things are, then you have no litmus test to know if it works or it doesn't. Does that right. make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I've always, yeah. So I'm fascinated with personal brand, right? Mm-hmm. So personal brand, it's, it's not just taking like a good LinkedIn photo, right? So for women yeah. <laughs> out there who are in leadership positions, starting co- companies, mm-hmm. you know, starting new businesses, et cetera, what is mm-hmm. a personal brand and how do you build one? Good question. 
Um, so your personal brand, and, and honestly, your personal brand has the same sort of tenets as a business brand does. Like when I say that your business brand is the culmination of every touch point that you have, mm -hmm. your personal brand is the same way. So it's, you know, what kind of clothes do you wear when you're in a professional setting? How do you show up in a room, um, whether it's with your colleagues or if you're going to speak or present somewhere or if you're going to a networking event? Um, what does your your collateral look like? So mm -hmm. that you talked about a headshot, right? That's right. part of your personal brand. Um, you know, what is your bio? That's part of your personal brand. If you have a personal website, that's part of your personal brand. Um, and then if you have a business, you know, so many um, entrepreneurs, their personal brand is inextricably linked to their business brands. Yeah. Um, and so you kind of have to look at them as sort of sister brands. Right. Like they can be separate, but they have to exist together. They have to look like they came from the same family. Right. <laughs> if right. that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, there are so many of those things that go along with it. It's, you know, the things that you're committed to, your core values as a person, like that's part of your personal brand. Yeah. And you can often tell what those things are either because people say them or because that you can tell by the things that they choose to spend their time and their energy on. Yes. So if you yeah. volunteer for um, a homeless shelter, you know, on a regular basis, or if you mentor young girls on a regular basis, then that becomes part of your personal brand. People know what you care about and what you're committed to. Um, and that kind of gets wrapped up into their vision of who you are and how they interact with you. Mm. Yeah. And it's interesting to me that sometimes it naturally just starts emerging. Like sometimes you're not even thinking mm -hmm. about it yet. Right. And mm -hmm. it naturally just starts For like, sure. yeah, like in your conversations or the things that you want to write, you know, like sometimes mm -hmm. it's like you've got a hole in your heart until you write this article or, or create this thing, you know, and it's like, yes. well, that's your personal brand. That's what makes you tick. Do you think? Absolutely. Yeah. Do you think that every yeah. business owner should work on their personal brand and have a strategy behind what their personal brand looks like? I definitely do, um, especially because, you know, we're because of the culture that we're in right now, there isn't really an option for you to sort of be in the shadows if yeah. you have a business. Yeah. There used to be a time that you could sort of hide behind it and be mm. like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm kind of here, but kind of not. Um, <laughs> <you know. laughs> it was like, now There's, it's more human. Like it used to just yeah. be like very like, it's like a wall between you and the business. And yeah. now it's like, right. okay, who's the human behind this? Yeah. Exactly. And people want to know that your consumers, your audience wants to know who's behind it yeah. um, and they don't feel like they can fully connect with you without that. So, you know, I think that you have to put some thought and effort into what that is yeah. um, if you want to be successful. Um, the other side of it, just from a business strategy standpoint, if you are building something that is bigger than yourself that you plan to eventually, you know, extricate yourself from, you know, you may sell the business or decide to um, hand it off to someone else to run it or whatever those things are, you need to have built your, your personal brand along the way so that if that happens, then you don't have to start from scratch at that point. Right. Right. Um, and because they would have been sister brands, you know, then it's just a matter of they're, you know, they're very much alike. They are linked together, but it's not weird if one kind of veers off from the other a bit, you know? Right. It's evolution. Everybody's in constant mm -hmm. evolution, right? Like if you're not oh, evolving, sure. you're, you're dying pretty much, you know, we've got to keep yeah. learning. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I read something. Um, this is funny. I read something a few months ago that said that most um, most people, either millennial or younger at this point, will have at least three to five different careers by the time they retire. Yeah. At this point. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. You know, I actually I was listening to the Michelle Obama podcast uh, yesterday mm -hmm. and it was mm -hmm. one on women's health or whatever. And there was this woman who is like, um, you know, an obstetrician gynecologist. And she said the most amazing thing about female empowerment. And yeah. it was like, mm -hmm. Well, women, a woman's worth or value used to be linked to how much, how small she could make herself, right? You used mm -hmm. to be, it's like, how selfless is she? How, how does she apologize for herself? Does she say things in the right tone of voice? You know, does she put others' mm. needs before hers? Mm. And it's just changing. So now it's like, mm -hmm. who are you? You know, what are you, right. like, what do you stand for, et cetera, et cetera. So I think it's especially important right now that we take those chances oh, sure. to define ourselves and really speak up about the things that we believe in. Mm. Oh, that's lovely. Oh, for sure. Love yeah. That. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> and, that, and that transparency is something that people value. They value that. You know, I, I don't want to interact with a brand or a person for that matter that I feel like is showing me what they think I want to see versus showing me who they actually are, yeah. you know? Um, and people want that sort of authenticity, whether it's for a business or for an individual. People are looking for that. They they want that connection. And if they don't feel like you're authentic, then they don't know how to connect with you. From, for, from my kind of point of view, I want to mm -hmm. define my personal brand. I want to promote my personal brand. Mm -hmm. I've been looking into how to do this and I've stumbled across mm -hmm. brand archetypes. Um, mm -hmm. Is this something that you would use when defining a brand? Can you tell us what they are? Um, sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, I use brand archetypes quite a bit in my business. Um, and the way that I would describe them is they're almost like personality types. So if you've ever done like a Myers-Briggs or even like, you know, down to, you know, what your five love languages are, like those yeah. kinds of things, it's similar to that. But um, most the system that I um, work with a lot has about 60 different archetypes. 60. Um, and wow. It's, Yes, 60. And but they are kind of separated into families, um, which is which is kind of helpful. So like if you think about um, some of the examples are um, the jester, who is one who's really funny um, or the advocate who fights for other people or yeah. the entrepreneur who is all about innovation and creativity. Like they're that kind of thing. Um, and the beauty of those is that an archetype allows you to sort of categorize yourself in some ways because branding, whether it's business or individual, um, you have to have a growth mindset to create a brand for yourself. Mm. You're not actually creating a brand around who you are right now. It's it, but it's just as much about who you are now as as what you want to be. Mm -hmm. So it's something that you should be creating that you can grow into. So I may not necessarily be fully an advocate right now, but if that's something I really want to be, that's how I want to show up in the world, that's how I want people to see me, then that has to be an archetype that I take on as part of my brand. Um, and so normally, I the way that I use them is that if I'm creating a brand, then I I decide which archetypes align with that brand mm -hmm. and the vision for that business or that person, but I also do it for the audiences. So often you'll see where they overlap 
Um, so if there's like, let's say if the, um, let's say the se seeker is one of the archetypes, right? It's for people who are always looking for something new. They are interested in exploring and adventure. They're they're open to learning. That's just something they're excited about. Okay. So if, if I'm a seeker as an audience member or a customer, right? Mm -hmm. And the brand that I'm thinking about engaging with is a companion or a sage, which means that they're, you know, they want to take your hand and lead you along the way or teach you something, or they have a certain amount of wisdom, then it uh, it's very easy to see why that particular archetype would respond to your brand if that is part of your, if that archetype is part of your brand. Does that Got make it. sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, I want to be a warrior. Is that one? <laughs> no. Honestly. Yes, it is. <laughs> I want to be a warrior. It is. I was thinking about yes. the, that the other day, like what, who is, what is the essence of your soul, which yeah. I think is like mm -hmm. basically Bonding. what you're talking about right now. And I was like, I yes. took an archery class and I was like, what about those women, you know, that island, like that, um, like Amazonian. Yeah. Like, like there's like a <laughs> yeah. legend and I don't even know what the legend is. It's, I'm going to sound so ignorant right now, but um, I, I haven't Googled it yet or like researched it, but there are those women who like supposedly cut off one breast so that they could like mm -hmm. <laughs> use what? a bow and arrow properly. Yeah, I to, read like, this. Defend. Did I read you, this. Do you know what I'm talking about? But I was like, I, I do. Like, I, do. I was like, I am this woman. Like, <laughs> which is very normal. At beginner's archery course. Yeah. <laughs> beginner's archery course. Like I hit the I hit the target like twice, and I was like, "Yep, I'm this woman." <laughs> but you have you have a growth mindset though, right? Yeah. Like you made a commitment. A you have a vision. Right I'm gonna be exactly. horseback and have one boob next time you guys see me. It's gonna be amazing. See, exactly. <laughs> but I'm yes, that's everyone. how you want to show up in the world. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, um, let's see. Are there so, any? Yeah. Other? Which um. So you mentioned like the sage and the seeker. Do you oh, have any yeah. examples? Mm -hmm of like of brands that encapsulate those archetypes Ooh. just so we can like it, visualize, like visualize it. it yeah like what would oh yeah what would like Patagonia sure. be or Apple for example um a Patagonia I think the seeker would fit very well with that yeah um also the companion I feel like Patagonia does a great job of creating product products to help you in your adventures. Mm -hmm. um, they want to kind of be there with you on, and help you along the way with whatever it is that you want to be doing. So I feel like they're a companion as well. Um, Apple is very much an innovator um, and an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. I think, um, because although, you know, we know Apple is this huge brand now, it had, it started with a very entrepreneurial spirit yeah. and that's continued, even though they've scaled and scaled and scaled. And that's pretty difficult to do, to be honest. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but they, it still has that entrepreneurial spirit that they're going to, you know, they're going to solve problems and they're looking for, you know, how can they shake things up and innovate and make things different for people and, you know, make things different and better for people. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like that's something that Apple sort of strives to do. Um, and, you know, the we talked about design earlier. Design is so much a part of their strategy of how they show that, you know, um, not just the design of the products, but how they design their advertising and their stores and, yeah. like, every single bit of touch everything point. you touch. Yeah. yeah, like, even the packaging, like, you know, I've, I'm, I've been an Apple user for 25 years, um, mm -hmm. but I appreciate the packaging so much. And also I'm a design nerd. So Did you ever have one of those bubble computers that were different colors? Absolutely. Yes. Uh -huh. <laughs> Mine was turquoise. 
Turquoise. <laughs> you know what? I felt, I remember when I felt like I was like living large because I bought the mm-hmm. computer that had the big bubble at the base nice. and then was yeah. flat. Like, do you remember that one? Uh-huh, <laughs> I was uh-huh. like living As, large. I had the coolest exactly. computer. <laughs> exactly. My friends were like, exactly. wow. <laughs> and you know that was sort of at the beginning of the um the shift where yeah. like people that were not necessarily mac users sort of started to think it was cool yeah um mm-hmm. you know i like to tell people i was a user before it was cool right um because as a designer that's the best tool for you so yeah. right you know I, that i started using those long be- long before lots of other people did but right. um but yeah those that there's so many different companies that fit in and there's different facets of your brand as well. So, you know, for one brand, there might be, you know, four or five archetypes that fit well Mm -hmm. um, based on, you know, what their products are and what their, you know, core values are and how they want to show up in the world and how they serve people. Mm -hmm. Um, So it, it kind of ends up being a multifaceted sort of view of the brand. Um, And it helps so much because it helps you make choices. Like Mm -hmm. if you know exactly who you're talking to, you know exactly how they think, you know exactly who you are and what archetype you're embodying at that moment. It dictates how you talk about the brand. It dictates, you know, what, um, how you engage with the audience, but also business decisions. Like, is it, is this a good partnership for us? If we're, if we're the companion seeker innovator, um, does this partnership with another brand make sense? You right. Know, because they're very yeah, different yeah. archetypes than us. Um, from a personal branding standpoint, you know, I use I use it all the time for myself. Like, you know, I know exactly who my audience is. I've given her a name. Her name is Roxy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so I know her like I know my best friend. So yeah. if I choose to do something, then I'm asking myself, is that something Roxy would care about? Yes. Or pay for or engage with if I'm going to speak somewhere is Roxy going to be in that audience you know those are the questions that I ask myself um and that makes it so much easier to stay on brand um and not kind of get you know distracted by the next shiny thing which is really easy to do so yeah Yeah. so it sounds like Brand archetypes are kind of a fundamental step that you should take when defining your personal brand and business brand. Would that be correct? Oh, absolutely. It's a big part of the strategic process, I think. Yeah. Okay, Mm -hmm. awesome. What do you think is the number one mistake that people make when they're doing branding or thinking about brand? Um, I would say timing is a big one. Um, so often they make every other decision and then decide that they want to tackle branding. And Mm. it's actually something like the, especially the strategic part of it, um, that needs to come in sooner than later, uh, Mm -hmm. because sometimes it sort of clears up a lot of the issues. Uh, one of the things that I do with potential clients is I have them filled up, fill out a branding questionnaire for me. Um, and it asks some poignant questions like, you know, um, you know, what are your business goals? Like, who are you really trying to serve? Like those kinds of things. But also like if your brand was a car, which one would it be? If your brand was a song, which one would it be? Um, and you know, they've thought about what it is they, they are selling, you know, whatever service or product they're selling and maybe all the logistics around that, but they haven't considered how they're going to package it or position it in the category or how their particular brand needs to stand out mm-hmm. compared to the other ones in the category. Um, you know, and all of that is part of the brand and the message and how you get it out there. Um, so I think one of the, the, the downsides of waiting too long to do that is that 
you are kind of flying by the seat of your pants. Like you don't have any direction. And so you end up throwing a lot of resources at lots of different things that are like on different paths. Mm -hmm. So then you spend more money, you spend more time, you throw more man hours at it and you feel like nothing's working, but that's because you don't really have much of a focus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And that strategy gives you focus. Yeah. So before product, before anything, if you're starting Mm -hmm. a business right now or thinking about it, the first thing you need to be thinking about is your brand. Yes. And once you've made the big decision, which is what is your product or service? Right. Um, right. And, you know, that kind of thing. Out the, the thing that always makes me laugh a lot is if I get a call from someone and I'm like, okay, so who is your product for? Like, who are you serving? Mm-hmm. And they're like, it's, it's really for everyone. Oh, so, <laughs> um, so often. <laughs> who to reach everyone? Warning. Yeah. Alarms. And it's like, okay, I get that. But also, you know, if you're everything to everyone, then you end up being nothing to anyone. Yeah. Um, yes. So you have to, That's you have to pick bite. a lane. You have to choose a story <laughs> to tell, you yeah. know? Um, yeah. And it doesn't mean that you're excluding people necessarily, um, but it means that you are telling a very specific story about who you are and how you show up in the world and what it is that you're doing so that people know where to put you. They know how to categorize what it is that you're doing. Um, And there's always exceptions to that rule, but you kind of have to have a very specific story to tell. Otherwise, it just kind of falls on deaf ears because people don't know where to put you. Yeah. Um, So listen, we've only got a few minutes left. I want to shift gears for just a second. Um, As a Black woman in leadership in America right now, Mm -hmm. I want to give you the opportunity to talk about what's happening in the world, give your perspective on diversity and, you know, where you think the world is going um, and say whatever you want to say. Okay. Um, Well, you know, of course, it's a it's an issue that is very close to my heart in a lot of different ways, not only because I'm part of an intersectional, you know, under underrepresented group being Mm -hmm. a woman and also African-American. Yeah. But just because I you know, it's something that I care about, you know, in general and, and having, you know, that sort of diversity of thought and being able to give people the same sort of you know, equality in so many different areas of life is super important. Um, I do a lot of work around diversity and inclusion, you know, both in higher education and in the creative industry. Um, And, you know, even there, I see that, you know, we're, for all intents and purposes, you know, creatives tend to be more open-minded, you know, and, and more accepting and more inclusive. But even there, there's issues, you know, in terms of, you know, people um, getting the same opportunities or having the same access or, you know, the pay gap, you know, area or, you know, being able to be promoted and their voices to be heard. Um, And I think that, you know, so often, you know, what we, you know, I will speak for myself, like what I want is an evil, even playing ground, you know, Um, I'm not necessarily looking for something that someone else doesn't have. Um, I just want the same sort of opportunity and access. And I think that, you know, the sooner we all realize that, you know, we're all better if we work together, like, you know, the, the term diverse actually is relative. It's not you, I can't be diverse by myself. 
Right. Diversity actually means that there's several of us and we're not all the same. Right. Um, <laughs> and so if True. we're looking for that to always be the, the litmus test of whether we're moving forward, then I think that that's, you know, that's going to make us all better because that diversity comes in so many different ways. It's, you know, diversity of thought and experience and education and geographic area mm-hmm. and, you know, um, area of focus in terms of career and neurodiversity and, you know, a, a disability and ability. Like there's just so many ways that diversity plays out mm-hmm. and every single one of us has a different perspective simply because we're different. Um, right. And I think that needs to be celebrated instead of, you know, sort of squashed. Um, and right. when diversity isn't celebrated, then that's what happens. Like everything sort of gets like leveled in a negative way so that everybody thinks the same and looks the same and yep. mm-hmm. wants everything the same. Um, and, you know, if you're committed to diversity, then you have to be committed to um, speaking with and collaborating with people that don't think or look like you. Right. Exactly. Very well said. Yeah. Yeah. Very beautifully said. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much. It was such a pleasure catching up with you and hearing all of your tips and all that stuff. It was awesome. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. So good. I'm off to work (laughs) on my personal brand and choose my archetype. I was like, oh, what is, okay. (laughs) Am I the warrior? (laughs) What what else could I be? Yeah. (laughs) It was so inspiring. I love it. I hope we chat soon and I'll probably be uh, hitting you up for some branding advice (laughs) in the near future. I love it. I love it. I'm here. I'm here and ready. If anyone listening wants to work with you, Nikita, where can they find you? You can find me at brandingchicks.com. On Instagram, it is realbrandingchicks. And um, on uh, LinkedIn, Nikita M. Pope. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Have a good one. Stay safe out there. Thank you. All right. Okay. Bye-bye. This podcast was brought to you by invoice to go We're an invoicing and billing app that helps business owners work and get paid from anywhere at any location around the globe. We're helping close the gender-based pay gap. Because the current U.S. pay gap sits at around 19%, listeners of the Female Founders Network podcast get exactly 19% off of any subscription. Just enter the code EMPOWERWOMEN at checkout.